the eyes of all wait upon you, O Lord, and you give them their food in due season. Amen. The people were in the wilderness. They were hungry, and there wasn't enough to eat. And God fed them anyway. That's the story we just heard, and it's also another story. It's an older story, also the story that's at the heart of God's people of Israel. They had escaped from slavery in Egypt, and they were on their 40 years of wandering through the desert before God would lead them into the promised land. And they were in the wilderness, and they were hungry. And God fed them with miraculous food, the kind of stuff they called manna. One of the Psalms calls it the bread of angels. Every morning it appeared on the ground like dew from heaven. Everyone got just enough. No one went hungry. No one had too much. In fact, if anyone stored up more than enough for that one day, it rotted away, except on the Sabbath. Because in God's provision, the bread from Friday lasted two days, so they didn't have to go out and gather on the Sabbath. It was food for the journey. It wasn't much, but it was enough. Each portion just enough to sustain them through. One of the Psalms asks, can God set a table in the wilderness? And of course the answer was yes. And now in our gospel centuries later, the people have flocked to Jesus to hear his teaching and to receive his healing. And God sets a table in the wilderness once again. Once again, God makes what is not enough into enough for all. Now, one difference is that this time there are leftovers, 12 full baskets of them, a number that's rich with symbolic meaning in scripture. It means the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 disciples of Jesus, it's a number that means the completeness of a community, all 12 tribes, all 12 disciples, all God's people. It's a number and it's an action and it's a story that's all as if to say that in Jesus, God is doing the same old thing as ever. This is just how God behaves over and over and over again, making provision in the wilderness out of what is not enough, but also God is doing something new. Because this time, instead of just enough, there's a kind of burgeoning plenty that overflows, like new wine bursting out of old wineskins, like a single seed producing 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold, like a little mustard seed growing wild into mustard plants that cover a whole field. Here we are, gathered together to celebrate Sunday, the Lord's Day, in person, for the first time in over four and a half months. And we are still very, very much in the wilderness. 
as a congregation, as a nation, as a world. And yet there is also still a deep joy about this gathering. There's a kind of abundance and a kind of delight. And this is where today's gospel would lead into the easiest sermon in the world if we were celebrating the Eucharist today. Loaves multiplying in the wilderness to feed God's people and sustain them for their journey. But we're not, not yet. For now, one step at a time. It is enough for now to navigate the logistics of how to do this, and soon enough we will celebrate the Eucharist. But for today, we gather together to feed on Jesus still in a spiritual way, not in the sacrament. As the prayer book puts it, today, as we have been for the last four months, we feed on Jesus in our hearts by faith. And of course, when there does come a time that we are sharing the Eucharist again, and I trust that it will be not long from now, and this first gathering is a big step toward that, but even then, once we at the Church of the Incarnation are again a practicing Eucharistic community, it'll be under very unique conditions. Once a month, instead of our expected way of keeping every Sunday that we can count on, distant, with many of us unable to be here in person with the majority of our congregation somewhere else and with people having Eucharist brought to them in their homes. And we'll be sharing the bread only under our bishop's guidance until a time when it is safe to share the cup once again. And so even once we are celebrating communion again, I don't think we'll be tempted to mistake this for the promised land. We will still know that we are very much on a wilderness journey. But you know, there's a way in which that's always what the Eucharist is. Even under normal circumstances, whatever normal used to be and whatever it will one day be again. The Eucharist is always food for the journey, not the destination in and of itself. It's a foretaste. It's a foretaste of the heavenly banquet. It's a kind of appetizer. And the full feast is the day when all God's people are invited and gather. When every single one of those whom God has redeemed take their places at the never ending table where every tear will be wiped away forever. I don't wanna to be too otherworldly here. This isn't about pie in the sky by and by. Yes, there is a very real future that as Christians, we hope for it and we believe in it. We believe in the triumph of God's love throughout the whole universe. And rather than making us neglect the world as it is here and now, that should make us love it even more because we know where it's going and what its destiny is and what it was made for. So let's not miss the very physical, tangible implications of this story. At the beginning of the story, Jesus heals sick people. And at the end of the story, he fills the bellies of hungry people. Those two things should resonate with us right now. Jesus heals the sick. And here we are in a world groaning under a pandemic where people are ill and dying. And Jesus feeds the hungry. 
And here we are in an economic crisis where people are losing jobs and livelihoods, where hunger is increasing, where just this week, many people's extra unemployment relief has come to an end, and where poor people and people of color are suffering drastically out of proportion to even what the rest of the world and white people and wealthier people are suffering. Yes, we are all in this together. And yes, some of us are hurt by this much more than others. And so we are in a world that is reeling and we are in a world that needs Jesus to heal the sick and to feed the hungry. And he does it. He does it in many ways. And like this story, often it's in unexpected ways. And often it's out of what looks like very little. It might often seem in our lives today as if there is not much we can do. Not much that we can do to address the sense of spiraling disaster and fear and anxiety that is rippling across this country and our whole world. And in fact, we as individuals may not be able to make wide-scale decisions about systems and structures. We can do our best to exert pressure on them. We can vote, we can donate, we can march. But it is true that as individuals, our sphere of influence extends only so far. But look at what Jesus does. In the wilderness, when not enough is available, he starts with what laughably little they do have, and he works from there. He blesses it. He breaks the bread and starts passing it out. And lo and behold, he's passing and passing and passing. And the story says that he starts with the disciples and he first gives the broken bread to them. And then they, in turn, take that broken bread and they give it to others. I wonder how in this time of crisis, Jesus is breaking the bread, literal, metaphorical, spiritual, sacramental, and simply the bread that fills hungry bellies. How is he going to multiply it? And how is he gonna work with us? How are we called to be Jesus's disciples, to be fed by him and in turn to feed our neighbors? So this week, and for a long time to come, we are going to be in the wilderness. But keep your eyes open for what God is doing. And for what God may be doing through you. How is God working to make what is not enough into what is enough? And maybe even what is abundant? And how are you part of that plan?